Hello, FCS Nation. It's time for your show. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. I'm coming to you from the flagship station of FCS Nation, Fox Sports, 1450 and 92.7 KGRZ in beautiful Missoula, Montana. Join me like it does each week. It's the co-host of this program, Mr. Stone Lebanowitz. Stone is coming to you from his broadcast center in the sunny state of Florida. Stone, first of all, everybody came through the hurricane okay? Everybody came through the hurricane okay. I think South Florida was the most safe necessarily, but shouts to Central and Northern Florida. They got hit pretty hard, that Fort Myers area. So uh, prayers go out to them. But as far as South Florida, down here in West Palm Beach and in Fort Lauderdale, we're A-OK. Let's just get right to the action from last week, Stone. Awful lot of games to get to, short time to get there. Let's get to it. Up first, number one, North Dakota State, 27, Youngstown State, 14. This game was 21-3 to at the half in favor of the Bison. Youngstown State running back Jaleel McLaughlin, 17 carries for 150 yards in the loss. It's been a long time since somebody has cut apart the NDSU defense for 150 yards. Yeah, absolutely. This game went exactly how we thought it was going to go. We expected North Dakota State to score a few more points, but I'm just going to come out and say, Kev, I'm not sold on these Bison. I think when they get to these playoffs and get to the teams that are able to throw it around the yard and, and have a good defense, they're going to struggle. I mean, I'm tired of looking at Cam Miller's stat line and seeing 140 passing yards, 12 or 13 completions. Lepke only went for 72, but I think these guys are going to struggle because Cam Miller has not been able to air it out and find some sort of rhythm in the passing game. I'm not sold on these buys in just yet, but of course, they're the number one team in the country and they should be nowhere else. South Dakota State, 34, Western Illinois, 10. Great teams dominate lesser competition, and that's just what the Jackrabbits did here, y'all. 270 yards rushing and 458 total yards for the Jackrabbits while holding the Leathernecks to just 19 yards rushing. Isaiah Davis was outstanding, 199 yards on 27 carries. Isaiah Davis, welcome to the party. Even though he's the host and he's been the host for a few months now, I mean, this team is learning how to score points, something that they're not usually accustomed to doing, putting up 34. We saw him light up the scoreboard last week as well. Isaiah Davis, 27 carries. That's how you get it done. Almost 200 yards, two touchdowns. If they can lean on this guy, Mark Gronowski can complete the correct passes on third downs like we saw this weekend. I think this team's tough to beat, and I I trust them, honestly, down the stretch more than I do the Bison. I know that's going to sound crazy for people to hear, but I just think that They're more well-rounded than the Bison, and they've had to lean and kind of face more adversity than North Dakota State have. Love the Jackrabbits. Love what Isaiah Davis put on display. Montana, 28. Idaho State, 20. Well, Stone, we both said that it was October, and some spooky things happened in that dome in Pocatello, Idaho, and it almost happened this week. But the Grizz got out of there with a win. They didn't play particularly well. I think if you ask Bobby Howke, he would probably say that. But the key to them was having that balanced attack on offense. 208 yards through the air, 246 on the ground. And Marcus Knight, he's back. He led Montana with 109 yards. Rushing. Yeah, when I saw the graphic at the end of the first quarter and Idaho State led this game three to zero, I said, uh oh, Kev did say some spooky things happen in that dome and, and boy did they. And then Montana just dropped 21 in the second quarter and then eventually got around to doing what they do. Good team win, good teams beat teams like this and win games like this. So Montana, the Grizz looking sharp. 5-0. Sac State, 49. Cal Poly, 21. Hornet QBs Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara combined for 333 yards passing and three touchdowns. Cameron Scadaboo, 11 carries, 85 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Hornets are 4-0 for the first time since 1982, and that was their 12th straight regular season win. Yeah, this running back committee are flexing its guns, right? They give a bunch of different guys carries and go for touchdown upon touchdowns. The quarterback just putting the ball in his playmaker's hands. Each and every week, Sacramento State lights up the scoreboard, and I think it's going to pay dividends for them in the long haul. And like I said, I think, you know, I've mentioned them two or three times already in the first six minutes of the show, but Sacramento State's the type of team that's going to give North Dakota State problems. They're going to jump out to a 21-7 lead, 28-14 lead at halftime. North Dakota State's not going to be able to come from behind. So I like this Sacramento State team, the number four ranked team in the country in the FCS Nation top 25 list. And I think they're a threat. I think these guys are contenders because of what they do offensively and how many points they put up. Montana State, 41. UC Davis, 24. You know, I like to toot my own horn when I'm right, but boy, I was wrong about this one. Bobcat backup QB Sean Chambers was every 
everything you could have asked him to be if you're a Bobcat fan. Chambers ran it for 203 yards and chucked it for 227. Five total TDs for Chambers, three on the ground and two through the air. Welcome to the Sean Chambers show, baby. Do not give Tommy Malott his job back. He lit it up. They loved him. The sideline, the energy, the vibes were very high. You talked about 203 rushing yards on the ground, three touchdowns on 18 carries. He's a threat. And I think if you're Montana State and you're the head coach and you're the offensive coordinator on that team, you know how much of a problem it is to defend a quarterback who's as mobile as Sean Chambers is. I think he can do what Tommy Malott can do with his arm and can do more on the ground. And I think for that reason, I'm riding with Sean Chambers. And I think the rest of this team is they're in a tough spot now with Tommy Malott, you know, working his way back in. But hey, don't do if you have the opportunity, Sean Chambers, do not give him his job back. I loved what we saw from him. We were all really, really impressed. Welcome to the party, Sean. Do you know who Wally Pip was, Stone LeBanowitz? I do not. Wally Pip was the guy who asked for the day off, and the New York Yankees put Lou Gehrig in in his place, mm. and nobody ever heard of Wally Pip ever again. <laughs> Similar situation here. Yeah, Sean Chambers got to close the door on Tommy Mallott because, man, he's explosive. Delaware, 24, thousand ten. You look at the stats in this one, and it's hard to see how this game could have been this close. 534 total yards for Delaware to 159 for thousand. Delaware is a nightmare to play. This team is a contender if I've ever seen one. I love these guys. I think we see them make a lot of noise in these winter months. These guys are going to end up in a semifinal. These guys are going to end up in a quarterfinal. This Delaware hands is slowly but surely becoming one of my favorite teams to watch and follow. Love what Nolan Henderson does under center, what he means to this team being an older guy. Chandler Harvin, one of the most explosive receivers in all of the FCS. This hens team is a problem, Kev. Chattanooga, 24. ETSU, 16. Tale of two halves here. ETSU just can't seem to close the deal this season. They have been just whipped in the fourth quarter. A limb four was a workhorse for the Mox. 28 carries for 101 yards and two touchdowns. You're happy if you're this Chattanooga. Chattanooga Mox team if you're this coaching staff because like you said tail of two halves but when it mattered when it came time to execute the defense did their job we've been talking about this Mox defense all season long and they put up enough points to get rid of teams to get by teams when it matters most like I said and I think if you can score 24 points and get away with a win with a team that was in our top five earlier in the season, you're happy with this one and you're on to next week. Mercer, 42, Walford, 7. Mercer Bears quarterback Fred Payton probably played his best game as a Bear so far in this one. He went 20 of 25 for 330 yards and two touchdowns. And this is just editorial here, but Walford is terrible and it's sad because that is a proud program. They were making quarterfinals and winning SOCON championships not all that long ago. You know, as we get to the middle of the season, I'm starting to develop my top five list of favorite teams in the FCS, and Mercer's definitely on that list. How explosive they are, not on the offensive side, but the defensive side, I think is really hard when you put on the tape and you realize you have to play these guys in the next coming weeks. I think they're a threat. I love them being in our top 10. And I think we both nailed this scoreline, honestly. I believe I had 49-7. to I don't remember exactly what you had, but game went exactly how we thought. Wofford just absolutely stinks at the moment. Elon, 30, Richmond, 27, and two overtimes. Game of the week stuff right here, Stone. Heck yeah. Two good teams who just stood in the middle of the ring and beat the hell out of one another. Elon was left standing at the end. Phoenix quarterback Matthew McKay was 20 of 35 for 322 and three touchdowns. And Spiders QB Risha Dinsky was 42 of 59 for 383 and two TDs. Excellent quarterback play in this football game. Just a sight for sore eyes. College football Saturday, you turn it on, like you mentioned, throwing haymakers left and right. Awesome stuff put on display by Matt McKay and Reese Yudinski. And hey, Kev, I don't know if you noticed, but welcome to the party. Jake Harris, 12 receptions, 174 yards receivings, and a touchdown. Finally. Finally, finally, Jake Harris. But now I get to thinking, maybe if they give him the ball, that means they lose. So maybe they have to stop throwing it to Jake Harris because we've been calling for it all season. And when they finally get him the ball, they lose the game. So unfortunate for them. But this Elon team's really good. They're definitely a sleeper pick. And I think there's a few more upsets on the horizon for this team. But like I said, Matt McKay is a savage. 322 yards, three touchdowns, like you mentioned. I mean, love watching that kids play. The ball just flings off of his arm. 
And Yudinsky's no slouch either, is he? No way. No way. What he's able to do, stand in the pocket. He's so mature as a quarterback. He's always keeping his eyes down the field. And that's one thing that I always look for in some of these quarterbacks around the FCS, right? If they have intentions to go play at the next level, there are little parts of your game, like clean footwork, not hitching, throwing balls on rhythm and on time, and how much chemistry you have with your receiver. It's exactly what we saw from Yudinsky. He just keeps his eyes down the field. He's able to scoot up in the pocket and make those deeper throws down the field. And he's got the guys around him to do it. But I love watching him. And I suspect we see him playing at the next level sooner or later because he is formed in a really mature guy at the college level. It's time for us to take a quick time out. When we come back, I'll sit down with Mr. Brian Finneran, the 1997 Walter Payton Award winner and former Atlanta Falcon. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Welcome back to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. I'm your host, Kevin Marshall. Very pleased to be joined by Mr. Brian Finneran, 1997 Walter Payton Award winner, 1999 Atlanta Falcons Man of the Year Award winner, 12 years in the NFL, mostly for the Falcons, and hosts the Blocker Room on 680 The Fan in Atlanta. Thanks for being here, sir. My pleasure, Kevin. Now, everybody who's ever played for this man has a really good Andy Talley story. What's yours? Oh, geez. He was around for so long and did an unbelievable job bringing the program back when he did it. I think it was 84, 85, and then going one double A from there and being a part of that organization for over 30 years uh, was awesome. So... I think um, the best story, I mean, I have an identical twin brother, Brad, and to this day, Andy Talley has no idea which ones he's talking to unless we have our, our uniform and our jersey on. So he knows who's number 25 and who's number 29. Other than that, I'm not sure he knows who he's talking to. Well, you know, it's interesting. Uh, look, he he's so much more than just on the field, his bone marrow thing. Did you learn that type of philanthropy from him? I mean, you were the Falcons man of the year. It was a big part of it, for sure. I think I learned it from the entire Villanova family. The football family that treated me and my wife and kids so well, or the administration or student faculty and everybody else. I think the entire, it's all encompassing in Villanova. Um, I don't know, just identity that you, you go in there and you learn about and you embrace and you leave there feeling the same way. So, but Andy Talley, for sure, um, had us out doing different things and giving back to the community and then the bone, Andy Vitale bone marrow drive and an organization that he's put together has been spectacular with the amount of awareness they've raised, the amount of funds they've raised, and the amount of people they've got to give blood, or now I think it's a mouth swab that they do, to be inside the registry to be able to help save lives. And, and it's just, it really is an amazing organization that they have. Now, I know that you went to Barcelona and NFL Europe before you really called on with the Falcons. Well, now FCS guys and lower division and even big-time D1 guys are going to have a couple of opportunities here in the United States, XFL, USFL. I think that's going to be a big deal for guys from FCS to get seen. Absolutely. Um, It's the one thing that's been missing for a long time. Uh, NFL Europe had a good run. And I was a part of it in 1999 in that spring, went to Barcelona and ended up playing in the World Bowl with a really good football team that we played on and had a handful of guys from that team go on to play in the NFL and have decent careers. Um, But that's the one thing that's missing is that I guess you can call it a minor league system for the NFL because once you're you're cut after they dropped NFL Europe, I guess it might have been, I don't know what year it was, 07 or 08 or something. You had a 10- or 12-year span where you didn't have anywhere to go if you got cut by an NFL team after training camp. And you're talking about 1,500 dudes that have a lifetime of football behind them and have nowhere to go um, and better have an education. I was fortunate enough to have an education from Villanova and a degree, but a lot of guys bank on playing football for a long time. And the XFL, USFL give these guys an opportunity to jump back into some kind of football program. Great story for me is my rookie year, I went to the Seattle Seahawks. And I didn't make the team. I got cut. They had a they had a sixth round draft pick that year in '98. Uh, Bobby Shaw out of Cal, but they pretty much capped over me, and which is fine. I wasn't where, I was not ready to play my first year out. I'd get bigger and stronger and faster. But I had a coach call me, my receiver coach Mill Jackson, and he said, Brian, go play football somewhere. And he said, I don't care if that's NFL Europe or arena football or whatever it is. Go play for a year or so. Get bigger, get stronger, get faster. You're good enough. You're smart enough, and uh, you can make it happen. You just got to grow a little bit, and and that really kept me going. And and having NFL Europe was humongous uh, for building me as a player and, and as a person, and learn how to be in the NFL. 
When you're an FCS guy playing Sunday football, do you all kind of recognize one another and do you talk about it? Sure. I mean, every um, you don't play each other very often, and I think more and more you see different guys come around. I played with uh, one of my teammates um, at the Atlanta Falcons was um, – Lawrence Sidbury played at Richmond, and I didn't play against him, but I was still playing in the league when he came on our team. So there's always that little connection you have, whether you play against a guy or you play with a guy. And it was always fun to see guys in the NFL from Villanova. Brian Westbrook was one of the guys. Um, Ventrone, I think they called him Bubba Ventrone, who played after I was done as well, uh, to see those guys. And then, of course, um, to see guys you played against um, I can't remember the guy's name at Richmond a long time ago. Sean Barber, maybe. Had a long, good career. Um, good to see guys like Sean McDermott uh, play at William & Mary against me. Go on to become an unbelievable head coach at Buffalo. So, yeah, I think there's always that connection, that underdog kind of fight in all of us that so go out there and, and try to be successful and then kind of an incognito high-five between each other that worked where we were to where we are. Well, the CAA is certainly different with the departure of James Madison. It is loaded this year. Delaware's good. Villanova's good. William & Mary's good. Elon's good. That's a really good league so far, Brian. It really is. I've watched a little bit of it. Um, ESPN Plus had a few games. Got a chance to watch Army and Villanova, which I wish I missed because that one got a little ugly and sideways um, for a minute for Villanova's side anyway. But outside of that, they played really well. And you're exactly right. They've had some really good competitive uh, matchups in the CAA. And it feels like every time I look up in the top 25 in FCS, there's four, five, six, seven groups of seven teams from CAA that are kind of in the mix or just on the cusp looking in. FCS Nation, that's been Mr. Brian Fennerin, former Walter Payton Award winner. Well, I think that's like being a Marine, right? You can't be a former Walter Payton Award winner. You're that for life, right? But, uh, but really appreciate you being here, Brian. Thank you. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Much more to come on this episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Up next will be the preview segment. I know you'll want to hang out for that. We'll be right back. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. Bitterroot Rafter 2 Construction, Skid Steer, Backhoe, Portable Welding, specializing in spray foam install, residential and commercial construction of all types. No job is too small. Get a hold of them at 406-465-9714. That's Bitterroot Rafter 2 Construction, 406-465-9714. Hi there, this is Flash from Bikers Against Bullies USA. And we are a not-for-profit group created by bikers, but not limited to bikers. We are committed to creating awareness and educating both kids and adults on the benefits of living in a society of respect for each other combined with self-empowerment. Bikers Against Bullies USA was started in Missoula, Montana. The very real fact is that kids are kids, and they're dying by their own hands each week due to the insidious nature of the psychological and emotional trauma created by today's bullying attempts. Our personal philosophy is that one dead child is one too many. I personally ask you to stand up, support us, and by doing so, you're making a difference. We cannot change things without you, your support, and I thank you in advance. You can get a hold of us at BikersAgainstBulliesUSA.com or Facebook, Bikers Against Bullies USA. Wearing braces on your teeth can be challenging. Flossing and brushing is frustrating at best. The patented platypus flosser and toothbrush for people that wear braces is the easiest and most effective oral hygiene device on the planet. Unlike traditional methods that are, well, just awful, your kids will actually use the platypus products because they are fast and easy to use. If your child wears braces, protect your investment in their teeth with the platypus flosser and toothbrush available at your nearest Albertsons and Safeway store in the oral care aisle. Platypusco.com. RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, strives to be professional, courteous, and fair. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides quality stump removals to protect your largest investments, your home and property. Attempting to remove stumps yourself can be dangerous and time-consuming. Trust the pros at RW Stump Grinding to get the job done right the first time. Call RW Stump Grinding at 804 804- 366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stress, call Reggie West. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. 
Today we salute you, Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Mr. T-Shirt Launcher Inventor. Not satisfied with standard souvenir distribution, you created a device with enough kick to dislocate a mascot's shoulder. Someone get a stretcher. Courtside, luxury box, upper deck. Your high-powered cotton cannon makes every section the nosebleed section. Hit the deck. So simple, anyone can operate it. After a background check, a training course, and a five-day waiting period. It only shoots T-shirts. So crack open an ice-cold Bud Light marksman of the mezzanine, because we know you'll give us the shirt off your back at 180 feet per second. Mr. T-shirt launcher there. Bud Light beer at Isabel St. Louis, Missouri. Thanks for hanging with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. It's now time for the preview segment. This is where Stone Lebanowitz and I take a trip all around FCS Nation and preview some of the biggest games taking place this week. The first game on the slate, number one, North Dakota State is at Indiana State. Stone, when you look at the numbers from last week, the fact that the Bison couldn't get to 150 yards passing is troubling. You mentioned that in segment one. I hate to keep harping on it, and I know you do too, but this is an issue. Now, the Bison did convert a couple of third and longs, though, last week, and Indiana State should be a good opportunity to get those things worked out. Such a good punching bag. I mean, here comes the rushing clinic. We saw Hunter Lepke only go for 72 last week. I expect him to go for under, over that 150-yard mark. They're going to keep the ball on the ground. They're going to control this clock and get out of here without a scab, without a cut. They're going to keep everybody healthy and dominate the Sycamores. Tough spot to be in if you're Indiana State. Long season ahead of you, but North Dakota State, if you made mistakes last week, if you didn't put the things on tape that you wanted to, now is a good opportunity to beat up on Indiana State. South Dakota is at number two, South Dakota State. This is a tough matchup for the Yotes here. They've played an extremely tough schedule, and they've won the last two meetings in this series, though. But here's something that will just blow your mind, Stone. South Dakota State's run defense has been excellent. The Jackrabbits have not given up a run longer than 15 yards all season, and y'all heard that right. Not 15 yards all season. Yeah, so you'll hear this phrase a lot called explosive plays, and that's a pass play over 15 yards or a rush play over 12. So for them to have not allowed but one explosive play on the ground just just goes to show you how good the South Dakota State defense is. I think they're finding their rhythm and groove at just the perfect time. Again, this one's in Brookings. So I look for South Dakota State to control all facets of the game here and get rid of the Yotes, but... The Oats can score, and we saw them surprisingly go up in halftime against North Dakota State. So this one might be close at halftime, but look for South Dakota State to be more clean down the stretch and get rid of the Oats. Northern Colorado is at number four, Sacramento State. The Bears are better this year, and their fine running back Elijah Dotson is going to be playing against his former team. So there is that to interest people in this ballgame. But I just think the Hornets have too many offensive weapons, and Northern Colorado They're a tough team. I like the way they fought in every game, but I don't believe it's going to be a fun Saturday for the Northern Colorado Bears. Too many offensive weapons is right. You have three or four different receivers catching balls for over five receptions. That's really good. This running back committee that we talked about with Scatabo and O'Hara, these guys are getting double-digit carries. Whoever's got their fingers on the scoreboard, better be ready, better have drank their morning coffee because they're going to run it up again. This Hornets team is high-flying and dangerous. Idaho State is at number five, Montana State. Well, Idaho State gave the Grizz all they wanted last week, but that was in their dome. Bozeman will be loud, and I don't think we'll see a repeat this week, whether it's Chambers or Tommy Melodic quarterback. Yeah, whoever made this schedule should be ashamed of themselves. Going from Montana to Montana State is not fun. Not fun for this Idaho State team. Sean Chambers time. Time for you to put up more numbers. Time for you to impress us. Time for you to just make that seat on the bench deeper for Tommy Mallott. Put on a show, buddy. We're all watching. It's the number five team in the country. I look for this scoreline to be wider of a margin than it was with Montana. So love Montana State in this spot. Love Sean Chambers putting up prolific numbers Saturday. Cannot wait. Number six, Delaware is at number 19, William & Mary. Tribe quarterback Darius Wilson has been good so far. And running back Malachi Oma will need to carry William & Mary for them to win. Delaware quarterback Nolan Henderson is going to get his yards and completions, but if the Tribe can tackle well, 
limit the explosive plays that Stone just talked about and keep everything in front of them, they have a shot at a signal victory here. Yeah, if you would have asked us a couple of weeks ago about this game, if we were going to preview it a month ago, we might have said the Tribe have an opportunity here, but they're going in opposite directions, I think, at the moment. William & Mary got really low, got all the way down to number 11 on our list, right there at that 20, that 19 mark. I want to say this is the game of the week because William & Mary has an opportunity to beat a really good Delaware team. But like I mentioned with South Dakota State, Delaware is finding their groove at just the right time. This team is a juggernaut. Nolan Henderson is going to be efficient. This William & Mary tribe defense is really good. Love the hens here, though. They're going to get it done and stay undefeated. Number seven, Jackson State is at Alabama State. The Jackson State march through the SWAC continues this week, and I'm just curious if Alabama State's defense is going to have any answers for them. Quarterback Shadur Sanders and running back Santee Marshall, no relation. Uh, We'll see, but I don't think so. I think Jackson State just plays out the string, keeps winning all the way to the Celebration Bowl. Yeah, poor Alabama State. I don't wish this upon anybody. Jackson State looks like they're coming out with a chip on their shoulder for no good reason because uh, this team's not afraid of anybody or there's been no bad words said about this team. Look for them to run up the score. I love when we do our picks because every time Jackson State game is on our slate, I always put them over that 40-point mark, and I think they do it again. Shador Sanders is just phenomenal. So clean, so efficient. Deion Sanders has these guys rolling and has them thinking that there's nobody in the country that can beat them right now. Eastern Washington's at number nine, Weber State. Well, you know, the old cliche, Stone, is that styles make fights, and these two styles are completely different. Weber State's defense leads the country with 10 interceptions, is second in the country in third down defense, holding opponents to just 22%, and are second in scoring defense, giving up just nine and a half points per game. Could be tough sledding for Gunnar Talkington and the EWU offense, to say the least. I do not think it's tough sledding, Kev. I disagree. I think Gunnar Talkington, now's your opportunity to throw your name in a hat make sure everybody knows who you are, how dangerous you are, and how dangerous this Eastern Washington team is. I think they win this game by a big margin. Here's why. Weber State can't play from behind. They can't score enough points in a hurry. And if Gunnar Talkington and this offense can get going and jump out to an early lead and end the game with 52, 55 pass attempts, Weber State's just not built for this, honestly. I think Eastern Washington wins this game. And what I'm calling the game of the week, I cannot wait to get my eyes on this one. But like I said, I just don't think that Weber State can keep pace with these Eagles. I don't think they're going to have to, Stone, because it's hard for Eastern Washington to score when they're going three and out and punting. So, I mean, we're going to disagree on this one. We'll get to the pick segment just a little bit later on. going to be interesting to hear what we both think there. Western Carolina is at number 10, Mercer. The Catamounts can put up points, Stone, but Mercer is a well-disciplined team, especially on defense, and the Bears' offense has been excellent, too. Led by quarterback Fred Payton, who is completing 66% of his passes for 1,186 yards with 13 touchdowns and, count them, zero interceptions. Hat tip to Sam Herter for those stats. And if Mercer doesn't help them, I don't believe the Catamounts can beat Mercer in Macon. Yeah, I hear you loud and clear. And I think in the middle of the season is when disciplined teams really shine. This Mercer team has no holes in their game. We talked about top 10 teams beating inferior opponents. That's what we're going to see here. WCU just does not have enough weapons to give this team trouble, especially on the defensive side. Mercer is just so stout. I love this team. I said it before earlier in our first segment. But like I said, in the middle of the season is where disciplined teams really, really shine. Bucknell was at number 11, Holy Cross. Bucknell is not good, and the Crusaders continue to impress me, Stone. I don't think the Bison, not the Bison because it's Bucknell, the Bison have enough on offense to keep up here. Yeah, who did? Uh, who pissed off Holy Cross, right? This team, this team's playing, like, so violently. And when I watch them play, I'm like, wow, like, Somebody got in their ear early in the season. So shouts to the coaching staff because this team is just flying around the field. If you pay attention to this Holy Cross defense, somebody told them we want 11 hats on the ball each and every play. Because even when the whistle is blown, these guys are running to the ball carrier, running to the receiver who catches the pass. This team's playing with a lot of discipline and a lot of poise. Love them being at number 11 on our top 25 list. And I love how they're just proving everybody wrong. We didn't have... A lot of expectations, or we just didn't really know what to expect, right? A playoff team in years past, which surprised us in the first place. But 
yeah, Bucknell just don't have the weapons. They're not a really good football team as it stands right now. Walford's at number 12, Samford. And Walford's tour of pain around the SoCon will continue. But in years past, Samford drops a game like this one that they should win, and it really hurts them. But this is a different Samford team with quarterback Michael Hires and running back Jalen Thomas. And look, they can run the football this year. They can play a little bit of defense. And we all know Samford can throw the ball. Chris Hatcher is a great offensive mind when it comes to throwing the football. And Walford's defense, look, they fought every week, but they're going to be outmanned here. I think Walford is staring 0-6 right in the face. Yeah, I think their uh, noses are basically touching as far as staring 0-6 in the face. Furman's a really good win for Samford. I think I have no reason to see bias. I think they carry that confidence. They're on a high right now. Love this Samford team, what they're able to do, and they're going to punish Wofford. There's no doubt about that. Towson is at number 13, Elon. Phoenix quarterback Matthew McKay has answered any questions people may have had about him. Phoenix defense has been opportunistic and limited the opponents on the ground, and Towson just isn't very good. Somewhat of what they would call a letdown spot, Elon right coming off a double overtime victory over a really really good Richmond team but this Elon team is different than what we've seen in the years past Matt McKay said earlier welcome to the show keep putting up numbers keep answering all the questions that we had before the season started you guys are a top 15 in the country starting to show everybody why Number 14, UT Martin is at Murray State. Murray State is 0-5. They've given up 63, 34, 31, 35, and 48 points on defense so far this year. I expect Martin to put up just the same amount of numbers. Yeah, Martin's really disciplined. When you turn on the tape, defensively, they're really sound. There's not a lot of explosive plays that they give up. I love what they showed us against Missouri State, and it's funny because we keep bringing up that game as an indicator of where they're at and how good this team is. And I think, honestly, it's a good spot to do so. What they showed us against Missouri State, they've continued to put the same things on tape, similar score lines all over the place. Murray State's defense is not at all a threat to UT Martin. I think they'd run up the score on them and just poor Missouri State, or poor Murray State, I apologize, in this spot. Texas A&M Commerce is at number 15, southeastern Louisiana. Stone, I think Commerce is going to be a really good FCS team, and pretty soon, I think. Southeastern Louisiana started slowly last week. Can't do that this week. Got to come out, put your foot on the gas, and keep it there. Yeah, this offense has the weapons. They have the ability to score a lot of points. And earlier in the season, we were expecting that, and we didn't get it. So I think they're starting to finally find their rhythm. Texas A&M Commerce is a good test, a good team to put up your Dukes against. I like SLU coming out of this one on top, and I like them scoring a lot of points, or at least I'm hoping they do because, like I mentioned, we wanted these guys to put on an offensive display with what we've seen in years past with Cole Kelly, and they haven't really done so. So I mentioned middle of the season. I wouldn't say this team's necessarily disciplined, but they're explosive or they have the possibility to be explosive. So I look for them to finally score some points. Or like I said, I'm hoping for that at least. But Texas A&M Commerce, free win for SLU. Go get it done. Tennessee Tech at number 17, SEMO. Offense has carried SEMO so far. Quarterback Paxson DeLauren and running back Geno Hess have led the way. Tech just won't be able to stop them. Get the hell out of Geno Hess's way. Last week, 24 carries, 276 yards. This kid's on path to break the touchdown record at SEMO, break the rushing yardage record. At SEMO, as far as his career goes, Paxton DeLaurent, an NAIA transfer, a guy coming in, and I watched him beat Southern Illinois with my own eyes. He's got the tools. He's got the weapons around him. Tennessee Tech should be a win, should be a, in the W in that win-loss column. I think they get it done. I think SEMO's finally turning the corner and becoming a consistent, good football team in the FCS, finally. Number 18, Southern Illinois is at Missouri State. What's going to happen with Missouri State? Will they fold up the tents or will they fight? I think they'll fight because there's too many good players on that football team, especially on offense, to quit. But the Salukis need to get the offense going after only putting up 19 points last week against Illinois State. Yeah, Salukis jumped out to a 19-0 lead and ended up only winning that game 19-14. to So red flags, I think, popping up, but bigger red flags popping up for Missouri State. Kev, honestly, I think we could speak on this game, preview this game for 20 minutes. And I think we could throw out really any statement because I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen in this game, especially coming off an embarrassing loss for Missouri State. So I'm not going to go out and claim that one of the team wins and this team puts on a good offensive display. I more so 
I'm going to have my popcorn ready, my ice cold beer next to me on Saturday. And I got to get my eyes on this one because I don't know what to expect. It's alarming what both of these teams showed us last week, to be honest. Jason Shelley, we expected more. Nick Baker and the Southern Illinois offense, we expected more as well. So, like I said, this one's for my viewing pleasure. I really don't know what's going to happen in this ballgame, Kev. Furman's at the Citadel. Why are we including that one? Well, because I'm a complete homer mostly and because my mom went to Furman and we're all Citadel people who are dudes in the family. But look, this is the SoCon's oldest rivalry and there has been roadside mascot murder in this series in the past. So this is going to be a pretty good football game. I think, you know, Furman's going to be all upset after what happened in Greenville last week against Sanford and the Citadel. Hey, step one is just put some points on the board. Got to put some points on the board to win football games. The story is old as time. You mentioned it. Furman's got a bad taste in their mouth. That loss to Sanford, one possession game, had a lot of opportunities, got sloppy with the ball, let up a lot of explosive plays in that game. So I look for them to take it out on Citadel, but the story's always the same with the Bulldogs. Jump out to an early lead, milk the clock, play good defense, and things could get interesting in the SoCon. You know that. Blaine McElmurray specializes in bringing your dream home to reality. Blaine and his team have been building beautiful, custom, single-family and multi-family homes since his return from the NFL in 2003. And Blaine hires only the best subcontractors to work on your home. Blaine has competed in the Parade of Homes only two times, but in those two times, he's won six of the eight awards. Give him a call. If you can dream it, he can build it. To see some of his work or for contact information, go to McElmurrayHomes.net. That's M-C-E-L-M-U-R-R-Y Homes.net. Let McElmurray Homes exceed your expectations. Tory Pines Pub in Las Vegas, Nevada. Whether you're looking for a cold drink on a hot day or a place to try out that hot hand when you're feeling lucky, Tory Pines Pub has what you're looking for. Tory Pines Pub caters to sports fans and hosts Montana Grizzlies games every football season. Not only are you going to find the Grizz on TV, but if you ask them, they'll put on whatever FCS game you want. So when you're in Las Vegas, make your way to the corner of Tory Pines and Lake Mead Boulevard to the Tory Pines Pub and tell them FCS Nation sent you. ToryPinesPub.com Winter is coming. Will you get this question again this year from your loving spouse or cute, cuddly children? Why is it so cold in this house? Can't we turn up the heat? Please listen to this. Renewal by Anderson's awesome Winter is Coming sale is on. Winter is coming. Don't suffer again. Buy one window or patio door. Get the second one of equal or lesser value for 40% off, plus an additional 5% off the entire project. If purchased on the initial consultation, it's amazing. And you'll not pay a dime for a whole year. No money down, no interest, no payments for 12 months. Payments as low as $89 a month. Invest in your home. Heating bills are only going up. Renewal by Anderson's windows and patio doors could cut your bills significantly. Please do not wait, though. This sale ends October 15th. Renewal by Anderson's winter sale is on. Please visit rbamontana.com. That's rbamontana.com to schedule your in-home consultation and get ready to hear these words this winter. It's so comfortable in here. By the way, have I told you lately how much I love you? rbamontana.com. Everybody has a stump. Stumps in your yard can be an eyesore, a hazardous obstacle, or a home for unwanted pests. Don't put up with them anymore. Call the pros at RW Stump Grinding, Central Virginia's premier stump removal company, and get those stumps removed today. Founded in 2017 by Reggie West, RW Stump Grinding provides fast, friendly, and professional removal of unsightly stumps. Call RW Stump Grinding today at 804-366-4321 or look them up on the web at rwstump.com. And remember, if a stump has you stressed, call Reggie West. I'm DJ Coulter from Fargo, North Dakota. Welcome to American Family Insurance. I understand that choosing the proper insurance protection can be overwhelming. That's why it's so important to find someone you can rely on for trusted advice. As your American Family Insurance agent, I'll work hard to earn your trust, and I look forward to helping you find the right insurance solutions for years to come. Area code 701-235-6641. Or better than that, drop by and see DJ at American Family Insurance at 4215 31st Avenue South, Suite B in Fargo, North Dakota. DJCoulter.com. Thanks for sticking with us during the break. You're listening to FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network each and every week. I bounce around FCS Nation state to state looking for the best quarterback performers of the week. But today, changing it up a little bit, bringing in Michael Barker, college football traveler. If you don't know what that means, well, you're about to find out. If you want to check out his Twitter while you're listening to the interview, it is at CFB Campus Tour. One more time, at CFB Campus Tour. You can get a little visual of what we're talking about. Michael, tell the people what you do in a nutshell before we get this thing rolling. So I travel to college football games every weekend. I try to hit multiple games a Thursday, a Friday, two on Saturday. 
Uh, I started traveling in 2017 with the goal of seeing a game at every FBS stadium. Last year, I accomplished that goal, and now I am on to FCS, and there are 130, and so far, I've seen a game at 50. You released your 2022 schedule, and that thing is loaded. So 46 confirmed games, 14 Power 5, 17 Group of 5, 13 FCS, 1 Division 2, and even 1 Division 3, and you stated that you have five open dates to add more. What are you most excited about on the schedule that you've put out on your Twitter and games that you've been to already this season, but what stands out to you? What stands out to me is, you know, what I try to do is hit every level, like you mentioned. So I opened the year in Honolulu at the uh, University of Hawaii, got to spend four days there. I have a lot of friends uh, in Hawaii. I went to the Colt Brennan celebration of life ceremony. Unfortunately, he passed away last year, but he's the greatest player in program history and, and loved him and spent a lot of time there. Four days in Hawaii not only sounds great, but it was great. Uh, and what I'm looking forward to is this month, uh, October, I'm going to be going to 10 FCS games. So uh, two on Saturday, this coming up, and then the next one after that. There's a Sunday game at the Edward Jones Dome, which is the old Ram Stadium between UAPB and uh, Alabama A&M, which will be unique. But really, uh, I'm trying to spread myself as much evenly as much as possible and and try to see college football at every level. You know, now that the people kind of get a gist of what you do on a week-to-week basis, where did this all begin? What sparked this? What motivated you? You know, it's like a lot of things where it wasn't purposeful. It kind of happened organically. So I just wanted to travel the country, expand my mind a little bit. And I, I took a trip to Colorado. They have a, a hotel. It's called the Stanley Hotel. It's the hotel that's based on the movie The Shining by Stephen King. It's supposed to be haunted. And on the way, I made a couple stops at Boulder and Fort Collins. And I, I just enjoyed touring stadiums, walking around the campus. And so uh, I did a lot of research and ended up taking three weeks off my job in, in 2017. And I visited 99 schools and really just that sparked everything. That fall, I went to 11 games, mostly on the West Coast. I live in California. The next year, 30. The next year, 50. And then in uh, 2021, counting the spring FCS season, I went to 81 games. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, in November of 2021, hit number 130 at the time, 130 before JMU moved up and saw a game everywhere. So it wasn't anything intentional. My dad did play college football, so maybe there's some subconscious thought to that. But really... I just wanted to see the country, and football has been the vessel to accomplish that. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't have said it any better right there. Football is the vessel. And, and I played myself, actually, at the FCS level. Of course, I played at Southern Illinois, played quarterback. And I'll tell you this. You know, I think it's where most of the players' maturity comes from. Just traveling state to state, hopping on charter flights, getting to meet new people. And, and that's where I felt like I grew up the most, having to be responsible for when I went to bed, right, waking up on game day. It's what we got paid to do. I said we gained maturity. What are you looking to gain from all this as, as a human being, as a man, as somebody who is, like you said, football's a vessel. What are you looking to gain from it? Yeah, it's, it's a very important point because I have a saying, it's not what you uh, it's not what you know, it's what you do when you know it. And so your, your childhood and your experience growing up, you're not going to be exposed to everything. So uh, you shouldn't have sure answers on every topic. And so the point of traveling is to go check out different regions, different types of people and challenge your perspectives and so if you thought a certain person was a certain way and you met someone who didn't fit into that nice little definition you have a choice either you say that person is an outlier and um, your your way of viewing those type of people or that region is still true or maybe what you thought was not correct and you need to investigate more so you know when there's, uh, you know, 261 Division One schools, and you can go to Hawaii, you can go to HBCUs, you can go to North and South Dakota, you can go to the Northeast. You're going to run into people from all walks of life, and that experience is going to make you a better person. And I just try to be a chameleon. You know, I try to adjust to every surrounding. And no matter what happens, football is the common ground. We can always have a conversation uh, based on football, and hopefully it becomes more than that. Stone Lebano is of FCS Nation hanging out with Michael Barker joining the show. He's been on a few times and hung out with Kevin Marshall, but man, I had to talk to this guy 
He's an awesome follow on Twitter, at CFB Campus Tour, if you guys want to keep up with all of his stops. Last one, Michael. Give us a little bit about your routine. I, I just talked about your Twitter. It seems like every single day, starting on Thursday, you're in a new city hour by hour. But what's that travel like? Well, it's interesting because you talked about playing and in this is like a season to me. So, you know, I do the off-season training and, and organize my schedule. But once the season hits, uh, you know, I live in California. Uh, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, taking care of work, uh, making sure all my travel arrangements are put together, spending time with my family, become either Wednesday night or Thursday morning. We are on a plane and we are going somewhere. And the, the goal is two goals. One is to uh, try to see as many games as possible, but I'm also trying to take photos at every school, document my trips. But once we arrive on a Thursday night, we check out the game. Most likely it ends at 11 o'clock and you either have a long drive in the middle of the night to the next destination or you have an early flight. And I, I refer to everything besides the game as hashtag glamour life because it involves not staying in hotels, sleeping in the car, sleeping in the airport, bypassing nice meals and restaurants, all those sort of things. So it really just comes down to challenging yourself, seeing what you're capable of of and how much do you love what you do i always tell people that the one time you'll question whether you enjoy this or not is when you're leaving a stadium it's late you're hungry you're in a place you don't live uh but every time i walk into a new place the students they're just you know they have eternal energy and they spark me up and get me going so really monday through wednesday home doing my normal thing thursday through sunday it's it's all football Mike drop Michael Barker, the college football traveler. One of my favorite interviews I've ever done. One of my favorite people I think I've ever spoken to follow him on Twitter. He's a awesome follow at CFB campus tour. Keep up with him. He's got a busy schedule this weekend and for the rest of the season, Michael, thanks for taking some time out of your day to join FCS nation. We appreciate that. Absolutely stone. I appreciate your time and look forward to seeing you in the playoffs. Yes, sir. back you're listening to fcs nation on the palmetta radio networks now time for my favorite time of the week this is the pick segment where stone and i go head to head and pick some of the biggest games taking place in the country this week up first number one north dakota state is at indiana state give me the buys in 42 to 7 and hunter lepke scoring all 42 points no worries here for the bison the trees will fight you but ndsu will win take the bison on the road 31 10 South Dakota is at number two, South Dakota State. Look for South Dakota State to win this game, obviously. But it's a big rivalry game, so look for things to get interesting. That halftime, that third quarter mark, but the Jackrabbits going to do what they do. 27-17, they get it done. The Yotes will need another miracle in this game, but unfortunately for them, those things don't happen all that often. Jackrabbits win a tough game, very tough game, 27-17. Northern Colorado is at number four, Sacramento State. Like Sacramento State here, 49-14. to the Hornets' offense is phenomenal, and Northern Colorado's defense is not good. That's not a good combination for the Bears. Hornets get it done at home, 38-13. Idaho State is at number five, Montana State. I like Montana State here. Excited to see what Sean Chambers has in store for us. 31-21, they come out on top over Idaho State. No Tommy Malott was no problem last week for the Bobcats. Won't be one this week either. Bobcats win in Bozeman, 41-17. Number six, Delaware, is at number 19, William & Mary. This one's going to be too close for my liking, but I do like the hens coming out on top, 24-21. This will be a good one. I think low-scoring affair, too. I like the Blue Hens' defense just a little more than the Tribes group, so take Delaware to win on the road and move to 6-0. and I think it's going to be the same score Stone Labanowitz does. Blue Hens win 24-21. Number seven, Jackson State, is at Alabama State. Give me Deion's squad, 52-17. to 17. The Hornets' defense could give Jackson State some troubles. They don't give up a ton of points, but I expect the Tigers to come out and try to make this a track meet. I believe that they will and that they have too many weapons for the Hornets to keep up with them. Take Jackson State on the road, 34-13. Eastern Washington is at number nine, Weber State. Gunner Talkington, this game is on your arm. Looking forward to see what you have in store for FCS Nation. 
I like these Eagles getting it done. 38-24 over number nine, Weber State, my upset special of the week. Not me, sir. This is an interesting game for Weber State. Their defense is tremendous, but so is the Eagles' offense. So something has to give here, right, y'all? Weber's going to have to put the ball in the end zone and end every drive with a kick, whether that's an extra point, a field goal, or a punt. I think they will take Weber State in Ogden, 34-28. Weston Carolina is at number 10, Mercer. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Go get it done, Mercer. 28-13, I think they do. It's a very similar game to the one we just picked, Stone. Western Carolina can score, but they don't play a whole bunch of defense, y'all. I believe Mercer will run the ball, eat up the clock, and win. 31-24 in Macon. Bucknell is at number 11, Holy Cross. I think Holy Cross stays on track. They keeps their winning ways going. I like them coming out on top 28-14. Bucknell hasn't won a game all season, and this ain't the week for him to, neither. Holy Cross wins 38-7. Walford is at number 12, Samford. Samford's going to beat up on this Walford team, and I like them to hit the 40 mark. I like them 42-10 against Walford this weekend. Samford quarterback Michael Hires have a field day for the Bulldogs, and the Terriers will just have no answer for it. It's sad, but I'm picking Samford to win 38-7. Towson is at number 13, Elon. Elon flying high. Look for them to continue lighting up the scoreboard. Matt McKay, go have a day, buddy. 35-14 over Towson. I thought it was pretty good analysis earlier when you said this was a letdown game for the Phoenix, possibly. I agree, but I don't believe that's going to happen. Too much in all three phases for the Phoenix that Towson's just not going to be able to handle. Take Elon at home, 34-13 over Towson. Number 14, UT Martin at Murray State. I talked a bit of a mess about this Murray State team, but if they got one in the chamber, they better let it fly right now. I think we, this is a good fourth quarter team in UT Martin, but for some reason, I just think this one is going to go the opposite of what everybody thinks. And therefore, like UT Martin coming out on top, but by a small margin, 28 to 27. Don't ask me why. Well, I won't because I think the racer is going to get boat raced. UT Martin <laughs> wins on the road, 38-17. Texas A&M Commerce is at number 15, southeastern Louisiana. Give me southeastern Louisiana, 31-17. Lions versus Lions here. It's kind of odd, right? So if you yell, hey, go Lions from the stand, someone's going to ask you to be, hey, be more specific about that. <laughs> Take southeastern Louisiana, 35-21. Lamar is at number 16, Incarnate Word. Lindsey, Scott, Jr., my man, my brother from another mother. Go light up the scoreboard. Go keep putting up the numbers that you do. And put Incarnate Word back in the top 10, Lindsey Scott. This game's on your arm, as is every single game on your schedule. 45-20 over Lamar. I agree with Stone here. I believe Lindsey Scott, Jr. will continue his fine play, and I expect a huge day from him. The word this week is, once again, victory. UIW, 42-20 over Lamar. Tennessee Tech is at number 17, SEMO. SEMO's going to keep this thing on the ground. Look for another good day from Gino Hess. I like them winning this one, 28-10. Gino Hess will run wild again. He had 276 yards last week against Lindenwood. Don't be surprised when he goes over 200 again this week. Red Hawks win, 38-17. Number 18, Southern Illinois is at Missouri State. Kev, I'm just not too confident picking a side here. So here's what I'm going to do. This game's going to end 38-35 with a last-second field goal, but I'm not picking a winner. I just can't do it. Last-second win for either of these teams. I don't know which one it's going to be. I just can't make a claim. That's weak sauce, Stone. You just don't want to pick against your school, which I'm going to have the uncomfortable thing to maybe have to do here in just a minute myself. But look, what a difference three weeks can make, right? What was once a good and promising season for Missouri State is now in must-win territory. I'm still a believer. Take the Bears at home, 31-30. Furman is at the Citadel in the SoCon's oldest rivalry. I hope Citadel can put up a fight here, but hoping is uh, sometimes not enough. I like Furman 21-7 in a low-scoring affair here in the SoCon. Citadel has offensive problems, and because of some rule changes, I don't think they're going to get fixed this season. And, man, I hate to do this. But take Furman on the road in Charleston over the Citadel, 24-13. to 13. And Stone Lebanowitz, there ain't water hot enough in the world for me to get clean after having to say that. 
We've come to the end of another episode of FCS Nation on the Palmetto Radio Network. FCS Nation is produced by Mr. Justin Swallows, co-hosted by Mr. Stone Labanowitz. The marketing director for FCS Nation is Miss Stacy Marshall. On behalf of all those good people, I'm executive producer and host Kevin Marshall, thanking you for making FCS Nation a small part of your football week. And like I always do, y'all, I'd like to remind you that life's a lot like football. You play by the rules and the penalties won't kill you. Until next week, so long, everybody.